there. Uh, you must be looking for the official podcast of the high school student ministry of Calvary La Habra in La Habra, California. And if you are, you're in the right place because you're listening to the Committed Youth Podcast. I'm Kevin Melgar, and once again, I am joined by Kayla Cook, the one and only Kayla Cook. How's it going? Hello. It's going well. Going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at last episode, we were talking about how uh, you and I were the only ones that were able to make it uh, to a recording session. But this episode, we were able to wrangle Matthew Herrera. So Matt Herrera is in the house. Yo, yo, yo. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, so we're going we're gonna, to uh, jam through today's episode because Matthew has some uh, wedding planning to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also joining us, it's not just the three of us on the podcast today. We also have one of our students who, like Haley in our last episode, recently wrapped up his experience with the summer internship at Calvary La Habra. So let's welcome Jonathan Vasquez. What's going Yay. on, Jonathan? Hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so, uh, so you are recently finished your internship. It was the first time you were doing this, right? First internship. Yes. So you had a good time. It was an interesting summer, I'm assuming. Yes, it was very interesting. Just uh, <laughs> kind of being the first uh, intern group without like a lot of um, just people coming to the church and just like kind of cleaning it up after our own staff. <laughs> we make a lot of messes at the church, so yeah. we need to be cleaned up after constantly. <laughs> if uh, if you guys get bored, Kayla just goes and makes a mess for all of you guys, and then uh, we call it a day. And they pay me to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so uh, Jonathan, you probably know by this point that we like to kick things off on this podcast with a icebreaker game. And uh, the topic of today's discussion on the podcast is friendship, friends, right? So I thought we would be so, so in error if we had an entire discussion about friendship and didn't hit on the topic of man's best friend, dogs. <laughs> so, uh, so today we are going to do a who wants to be a millionaire style trivia game all about dog facts. So... Uh, today's game is three rounds, all on dogs, and you can feel free to ask for help from any of the youth leaders on this episode. They will be your phone a friend if you find yourself backed into a corner by a ferocious dog fact. Um, <laughs> so, are you ready? Um, yes, I'm ready. Okay, pay close attention as I read the very first question. Question number one. Animals have been known to form friendships between species from time to time. Which of the following dog and other species friendships is not a real pair of animal buddies? So which of these friendships between a dog and another animal is not real? Is it A, a dog named Torque and an owl named Shrek? B, a dog named Milo and a lion named Bone Digger? C, a dog named Nero and a squirrel named Paul. Or D, a Labrador named Fred and a duckling named Dennis. So just so you get those options in your head, I'm going to read them off one more time. So is it A, a dog named Torque and an owl named Shrek. B, a dog named Milo and a lion named Bone Digger. C, 
a dog named Nero and a squirrel named Paul, or D, a Labrador named Fred and a duckling named Dennis? Um, I, is it A? So you're saying A. a. So a dog named Torque and an owl named Shrek. Yes. Do you think that that is the incorrect friendship? That is not a real friendship. I believe that is the incorrect friendship. Okay, so you're locking that one in. So Jonathan is saying option A, and option A is incorrect. <laughs> I was going to go with squirrel, because those animals are vicious. I was going to go with D. <laughs> you were going to go with D, the du- Labrador named Fred and duckling named Dennis, Kayla? Yeah, because it's the only one that's not just dog and animal. It's a, You specified the type of dog. You said it was a Labrador. Ah, okay. And then uh, Matt wanted to say that dog named Nero and a squirrel named Paul. Was that the one you yeah, were going to say, Yeah, squirrels Matt? are just, like, vicious. They're really scary animals. <laughs> I can't see a squirrel being a friend that's with funny. anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, out of the three of you, uh, Matt would have been the one that got the answer correct. Because option nice. C is the correct answer. I know my squirrels. <laughs> and yes, and Matthew knows uh, his squirrels. He <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave your lunch out around them. Yeah, the squirrel should have been named Nero, I think. That probably fits squirrel (laughs) personalities better. Um, But okay, so that's question number one. Uh, Jonathan, let's see how you do for question number two. Question number two. Which of the following is a true scientific fact about dogs? So which of the following is true? Is it A, dogs have a third eyelid? B, a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's? C. A dog's nose will only be warm when it's sick. Or D. One dog year is exactly equivalent to seven human years. So is it A. Dogs have a third eyelid. B. A dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's. C. A dog's nose will only be warm when it's sick. Or D, one dog year is exactly equivalent to seven human years. So which of those four facts do you think is true? Um, this is hard because I feel like one of them seems like way too obviously like it would be no. But then like, I think that's like, what's it called? Uh, Trying to trick me. And so um, I think, is it? I believe it was C, the dog's nose will only be warm when it's sick. Okay, so you are saying option C, a dog's nose will only be warm when it's (laughs) sick, is the true fact out of these four facts. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, he's locking that in. So Jonathan is choosing option C, and option C is incorrect. Oh, for two. I would go with the third eyelid. So, yeah. So, actually, the correct answer is option number A, which was dogs have a third eyelid. Man, Matt is on a roll. Matt is like two for two. (laughs) My brother's dog just got a surgery for its third eyelid. That's why I knew that one. So, Jonathan, uh, I would suggest as we move into question number three, you might want to phone Matt before answering (laughs) the question uh, because Matt is on fire. So, let's see. Question number three, which of the following historical facts are true about dogs? So which of these facts from history is actually true about a dog? So is it A, Abraham Lincoln 
had a pet dog in the White House that he claimed was smarter than all of his political advisors. B. A dog was the first animal to be sent to space. C. Three dogs survived the Titanic sinking. Or D. A dog has served in an official capacity for the British Prime Minister since 1515. So, read those off one more time. Is it option A, Abraham Lincoln had a pet dog in the White House that he claimed was smarter than all of his political advisors? B, a dog was the first animal to be sent to space. C, three dogs survived the Titanic sinking. Or D, a dog has served for the British Prime Minister since 1515. Okay, um, I would like to seek Matthew's advice before <laughs> oh, I no. I was afraid he would say that. <laughs> okay, um, I don't think it's Abraham Lincoln because it doesn't seem in his character to say that. <laughs> so, I was thinking C because I feel like a monkey went to space. Yeah, that's what I thought. And... I'm not sure about the Prime Minister one. That's kind of ambiguously worded. Like, he served (laughs) the Prime Minister like he is the Prime Minister. (laughs) (laughs) He went to work every day. Yeah. In what capacity? Um, I don't know. I would say C, but it's up to you, Jonathan. Um. Yeah, um, I've seen that movie with, like, the dogs in space. But I think that was after the monkey went up there, you know what I mean? So I feel uh, I'll, uh, I'll go with C. Okay, so Jonathan is locking in answer C because of Matt's advice, saying three dogs survived the Titanic sinking, and option C is actually correct. <laughs> What? Three for three. So way to go. Matt uh, got his three for three. Jonathan got his correct answer for the day. So, uh, and just so you guys know, this was not rigged. I did not give Matt the correct answers to this beforehand. <laughs> he, he is just coming in clutch with those dog facts today. This uh, is like so, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Who Wants to Be a Slumdog Millionaire should have been the title of today's game. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, thank you for playing our ridiculous game. These games are always ridiculous, and we're always excited to have you guys uh, go through the paces on them. Uh, But, of course, we're not here to talk to you about man's best friend, but we are here to talk to you specifically about friendship. So let's get into our main discussion for today, which actually was another topic suggested to us by a listener, uh, which is, you know, friendship. Everything surrounding friends what it means to be a good friend, what kind of friends we should be looking for. So we're going to kind of touch on a bunch of different points around friendship today. So let's just get into the topic by just asking, what does it mean to really be a friend? Uh, You know, we have so many avenues of connecting with people these days, whether it be Instagram or any other type of social platform Um, You know, Facebook uses the term friends. I'm not sure if any of you high schoolers are on Facebook anymore or if you uh, evacuated a long time ago. You know, we have all these terms for different people that we know or interact with even just on the Internet. But what do you think it means to be a friend in today's world? I believe that like when two people have a mutual connection, 
that is deeper than just knowing the person, I believe you can consider them to be friends. Nice. There's a lot to unpack in that answer. So you're talking about mutual connection with a person deeper than just knowing that person. So there's two sides to that, right? You would say it's like you both have to acknowledge that, you know, you're your friends, right? Otherwise, it's a stalker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, deeper than just knowing of that person. I like that. So it has to be deeper, obviously, than just seeing each other's pictures on Instagram. Uh, Kayla, what do you think it means to kind of go deeper than just knowing a person? Knowing of a person? Like about a person? Yeah. Um, well, you know, like, I don't know, if if you think about someone, like if I think about people who are my friends, I know their likes, I know their dislikes, I know how they spend their time, I know um, what they enjoy to do, I know what they, you know, they're, they're close acquaintances and relatives and friends and um I'm deeply entrenched in their life and they're deeply entrenched in mine and there's like Jonathan was saying there's a mutual exchange of information about each other I would also say there's a mutual exchange of affection like your emotions are kind of tied to it you know it's not just you know about each other and cool (laughs) but it's like you you know you like some of the same things and you enjoy certain aspects of their personality and Um, they, you allow them to speak into your life because you care about what they think. And, um, so yeah, I think there's emotional connection. There's, um, I think to some extent a physical connection, because it's hard to be friends with someone. And I'm speaking from experience that lives on the other side of the planet. (laughs) It's hard to maintain (laughs) friendship when you're not in the same proximity. It's possible, but it's difficult. Um, and then I think of course, obviously there's like a spiritual side to it as well. Like for us as believers, we, have this mutual friend named Jesus and, you know, we connect with him first and foremost, and we allow him to guide and direct and, um, you know, kind of, I guess not to some extent, like to influence our lives, not to some extent, to a large extent, influence our lives, but also our friendships. And so our mutual friend is, is supposed to be our best friend and that's Jesus. So I think, yeah, there's spiritual aspect to it as well. I think that's a really long answer, but short, <laughs> the short and sweet part of it is you have a lot of connection, kind of what Jonathan was saying. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What do you think it means to really be somebody's friend uh, in today's world? Um, to me, I think a friend is somebody who understands you, or if they don't understand you, that they try to understand you. Um, I want somebody that knows what I'm thinking just by the face I'm making. <laughs> that's my friend <laughs> that'll be my friend because i don't talk a lot so if they know what i'm thinking by the face i'm making then they're my friend for sure <laughs> or they'll be like why are you making that face and <laughs> they'll want to know <laughs> um yeah i think there's a level of understanding um between you and your friends yeah so friendship really it's more than just a superficial high and by Really, when you get to the root of it, for us as Christians, there's that spiritual connection that Kayla was talking about, where we have that common interest in the Lord and in Jesus, right? Mm. So, that's one aspect of it. Jonathan, uh, in general, how can you be a good friend, just practically day to day? Um, I think uh, being there for someone, which is moral support or having someone's back. And um, taking that time out of your day to spend time with them and also sharing knowledge, which is giving advice. Yeah. So you had kind of three things there. 
I like the, what you mentioned about taking time out of, out of your day to spend with them. And I think that's a really cool point that not only applies to friendship between uh, two people, right? But even as Kayla was saying, bringing it back to a mut- having that mutual friendship with Jesus, um, I think spending time in the word every day is an interesting way that we can build friendships with other believers. Because now when we're both connected to this mutual friend and we're spending time then even if we're not necessarily spending time together, when we do get to spend time together with friends as Christians, we can connect on that level. But again, let's let's talk to Matt this time about what do you think in general kind of sparks or makes you know friends in the day-to-day realities of living life? I think in general, um, well, it says in Luke, Luke 6, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think there's a very specific reason why it says that because nobody wants to be treated poorly. So in general, good friends start with just how you treat people, treat them how you want to be treated because everybody knows how they want to be treated. Uh, they want to be respected, loved, um, et cetera. And um, I think in general, that's a good start to friendship. Like Jesus specifically says like, there's no greater love. Um, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for one's friends or to lay down their life for one's friends in John 15 verse 13 and Proverbs 18 24 says um, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and it's talking about the Lord. And so that, that talks about action to me. Like there's, there's, it, it can't just be a passive thing. Like you have to actively engage with this person. You have to go out of your way and seek time with them and you have to allow them to do the same to you. And, um, I think a friend is, is someone that you enjoy spending time with as well. It shouldn't feel like a chore. It shouldn't feel like punishment, you know? Um, and so it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's true for anyone, but they're like, oh, that friend. Uh, I have but, to go uh, to my friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please don't make me mom. Please don't make me. Yeah. There's always and that they, one I, friend that your mom wanted you to be friends with because they yeah. would be a good influence on you growing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I think in general, it's just like giving of your life to, to another person. And then, you know, they do the same for you, then that's, that's friendship and that's time, energy, thought, consideration. And, um, even so much as like texting and, you know, checking in on them throughout the day or whatever. It's, it's just having a relationship with that person. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, it's easy for us to kind of get passive with our friendships, uh, in the sense that, you know, like we said, friendship does take some level of effort and hopefully it's not, you know, you're not dragging your feet like, uh, I have to text this person. If, (laughs) if you feel that way, like Kayla was mentioning, maybe, maybe they're not really your friend. Um, but you know, there is some sort of effort that goes into maintaining these kinds of friendships. And I think that in the midst of that, we can't just let life, uh, keep us to ourselves in that sense. You can't just get so focused on your own life that you forget to check in with the people that uh, you are in these friendships with. For sure, I agree that in general, you know, just being there for people, um, checking in with people, I think is a really awesome part about having friends. And that's just not having to do life alone, which is a really awesome Mm -hmm. aspect of friendship. And and definitely as much as, uh, you know, like we mentioned, you know, doing it to others is that you would have them do unto you. When I'm having a rough day and somebody reaches out to me and just asks me, hey, how's it going? It's cool to just be able to, you know, talk to another person, just be able to, you know, talk to them about what's going on. And 
And, uh, you know, it's a good reminder for us to, to be doing that with other people because you never know uh, just as much as we might need other people to reach out to us. We never know who might need us to reach out to them. So that's an awesome, awesome point. Uh, so, you know, as Christians, obviously, we look at or we try to look at everything, especially as we talk about things on this podcast, through the lens of the Bible. And I know we've already mentioned some scriptures, but are there any other scriptures that we can kind of talk about in regards to friendship? I was thinking, and I looked up actually friendship in the Bible because I don't have a <laughs> wide variety to choose from. But um, I mean, I do. <laughs> I just not my mind. Um, so uh, in Ecclesiastes four nine through twelve, it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again. If two lie together, they keep warm, but who can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Yeah, I love that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And you'll hear this if you guys have been around the church for a while. You'll hear this passage read a lot at weddings uh, in terms of, you know, a a threefold cord is not easy easily broken or quickly broken you know it took me a while to figure out that that passage wasn't just talking about uh marriage (laughs) but actually just about relationships and friendships in general uh because going through life with other people is definitely better than trying to go it alone and that's kind of what the bible is talking about here in ecclesiastes solomon who the bible refers to as the wisest man who lived right uh granted wisdom by god was talking about Two are better than one. If one falls, then the other can lift him up. Uh, you know, if they get in a fight, there's going to be two people <laughs> to, to withstand <laughs> the enemy as opposed to just one. And I think that's such an awesome thing to keep in mind in regards to us as Christians and in regards to us as living our Christian lives, right? Because we go through life with uh, difficulty and with an enemy, right? The Bible tells us that the enemy of our souls is Satan. Uh, Peter wrote that the enemy, <laughs> Satan, goes about like a roaring lion seeking who he, whom he may devour, right? So, when we're talking about our lives, we are in a in a war, and uh, hopefully, you know, wherever you are listening to this, there is not a literal war going on outside of your door, but there <laughs> is a spiritual battle that goes on in each and every one of our lives, and it's going on in the midst of everything that we go through. So, there is a constant temptation towards what is not right, towards what God does not approve of. And when we are trying to go through this life alone, we make ourselves vulnerable. So as Christians, and when we're looking at friendship through the lens of the Bible, there is such a power in friendship to be able to lift each other up and to encourage each other to follow the Lord. And that's one of the most powerful aspects, I think, of having friends who are sold out for Jesus, who are following Christ and who are seeking after him is the encouragement that you get in the midst of whatever temptations or difficulties you may be going through. But Mm -hmm. Kayla, what do you think uh, about other scriptures relating to friendship? Um, Well, specifically this week, I was just listening to a podcast, actually right, literally right before we all started um, logged on. But, um, and it was called being a friend of Jesus In John 11, you have Lazarus who dies and he's Jesus's friend. He's raised from the dead. 
Jesus raises him from the dead. And then in chapter 12, it talks about how Lazarus, um, everyone heard about him and was like, oh my goodness, I need to, you know, meet Jesus. And so his life was threatened because of that. And um, people were seeking to see him and the Pharisees were seeking to silence him. And so I was just thinking, and the person on the podcast was talking and they said that they um, like went back into, you know, church history and kind of what did Lazarus do after he was raised from the dead? And he went on to be a preacher and he went on to be like missionary and to spread the gospel like wildfire. And he went all all over the world or whatever. And then when he died a second time and for real and like permanently, um, they, (laughs) they put on his, on his tombstone, it said Lazarus, a friend of Jesus. Hmm. And the person, you know, the, who's talking on the podcast was like, that's what I want someone to put on my tombstone too. And so for me, that was just like, really impactful. I was like, am I known as being a friend of Jesus? Like do people look at me and my life and they say, wow, she has a good relationship with Jesus. And, um, that's not specifically a scripture, but that's just kind of what I've been going through this week, John 11, John 12. And it's right before Jesus is getting ready to, you know, go die on the cross and be raised from the dead. And, and in those last moments, I know we've, we've talked about this as well. Like he was thinking of his friends. He was like, Hey, I know you guys are going to scatter, but be encouraged. And he, he literally, all of his thoughts are for his friends. And then when he's resurrected from the dead, he goes and appears to his friends first. He doesn't go to the religious leaders and like, Hey, look, I told you so. <laughs> it's me. I'm back. You know, like he goes to his friends because he loved them and he cared about them and he wanted them to walk closely with him and to see the power of God at work in their lives. And so I think if we're modeling our lives after Jesus as believers, we should be wanting the same things wanting people to walk closely with the Lord and, and to know his word and to hear his voice and to step, walk in, step in step with him throughout the entirety of our life. And I think of Paul and Romans and, you know, he's talking about, I've run the race with endurance and, you know, just the encouragement of other believers to continue pursuing Christ throughout the entirety of our life. I think that that's what I look for in friends. And I hope that's what my friends look for in me too. But yeah, that's awesome. And uh, what about you, Matt? What would you say are some verses that may come to mind or even just some passages of scripture that may come to mind when you think about friendship? I know you've already mentioned some, but do you have anything else? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about uh, friendship and um, it's funny because you always find yourself like saying the same thing at the same time as your friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the Bible kind of mentions this because you kind of mirror your friends in a way. Um so in Proverbs thirteen twenty, it says, walk the, with the wise and become wise. And I think that holds true. And then it also gives a warning at the end, uh, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So, um, if you want to be wise, surround yourself with wise people, uh, and then self harm will come from being surrounded by people who are foolish. And then in Proverbs twenty two twenty four, it says, do not make friends with a hot tempered person not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. And um, yeah, so that's just what I was thinking of, of how we mirror our friends. And uh, yeah, it just it holds true when you surround yourself with a certain person, you're going to reflect how they live their life as well. Yeah, and for sure, I think that there's a whole aspect that comes into how we pick our friends as well. Mm-hmm. Because right now we've talked about being a good friend, um, and what that includes. And I think that just to summarize what we've talked about here so far, just the whole idea of having that interaction with your friends and keeping up with what's going on in their lives and caring about them, having interaction with them, 
uh, sharing with them uh, from the word of God, hopefully from the wisdom of the word in terms of when you're going through difficult circumstances or when you're going through a hard time, you can be there to encourage each other, um, to lift each other up and being willing to sacrifice of our time and uh, maybe even of some of the things that we want to do so that we can be there for our friends. I think that's what makes a good friend. And uh, ultimately, what's going to make us be the best kind of people to be friends to others is when we become more and more like Christ. Because as Kayla mentioned, as we've mentioned so far, the ultimate friend is Jesus. And he is the one who modeled the ultimate friendship when he was on earth with his disciples. And I love that scripture that says, Jesus tells his disciples, you know, I've not called you servants, I've called you friends. And, uh, you know, we being Christians, I think, gives us a unique example of this selfless and self-sacrificing friendship. And uh, you look at the Bible and you look at kind of how the disciples lived as they were around Jesus. And they were all kind of, I mean, to be honest, they were all kind of just like the rest of us just didn't get it (laughs) in terms of, (laughs) you know, what it meant to be a perfect follower of Christ. They didn't measure up to that by any standard while they were following Jesus in his earthly ministry before he died and and went to the cross. And even, you know, they ran for cover once Jesus was arrested. Most of them didn't stick around. But you see through the midst of that, Jesus still being there and still seeking reconciliation for those that were around after he rose from the dead. And and just that beautiful example of Jesus um, loving others and being there for them, it's it's definitely something for us to take to heart, I think. But as Matt has drawn into this conversation, there's also the aspect not only of how we can be good friends, but also how we can choose who we are going to become friends to, because that's also mm. super, super important. Uh, because like Matt had mentioned, right, we become a reflection of our friends. And as much as uh, Jesus was perfect and was able to walk through this world and not be corrupted by anything, uh, we are not perfect. <laughs> and uh, we have a, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have a tendency to either be pulled upward or be pulled downward by the relationships that we allow ourselves to enter into. So, uh, I know Matt talked about quick-tempered people, about foolish people, and how the Bible does instruct us to avoid those types of friendships and and to avoid becoming close friends with those types of people. But, you know, what else as Christians should we be looking for in terms of what kind of friends we want to have, but also what should we be looking to avoid in addition to all these things that Matt touched on? Uh, So, Jonathan, what would you say? Um, for this question, I kind of split it up in two. So for the, for the first one, it was kind of in the church, what Christians should be looking for. And I think, uh, we should be looking for active Christians who will lift us up and share godly advice to be our friends. And I think that because there are some people like who can go to church because even in the youth, because their parents drag them or they're like, maybe just wanting to hang out. I'm not saying it's our church or any other church that people go to, but I'm just saying there are people like that. So I think you can um, always find and realize who's who's kind of um, strong in their faith and who isn't. And then you can kind of decide who would you want to hang out with. And then for the second part, I put for people at school, like um, 
who possibly have no active tr Christians or maybe don't know an active Christian at that goes to their school because uh, I am public school. So there's a lot of people who aren't even Christian to begin with. So uh, I put um, to find a person who will keep you at the same spiritual growth rather than pull you down uh, with them. So I think that like there are some people that can definitely um, kind of deter deteriorate your spiritual walls you've set up to kind of protect yourself. And um, but if you find a person who won't kind of like tear them down, but like keep you at like a almost like a like floating like a buoyancy that you're just you're not being taken down. I think that is a um, that is a person you would want to find, like maybe like a nice person or. But um, so uh, I think uh, a verse that goes with that is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So those are the kind of uh, people you want to look for at, for your friends. Yeah, and just the whole idea of you know that that verse that you brought in Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, and iron sharpening iron. You know, when we sharpen knives in our kitchen, we have another piece of metal that we scrape it against and that friction kind of creates a sharp edge so that that knife can be useful, right? And then the same way for us as Christians, especially what you mentioned about Christians in the church, right? If uh, we really want to be making the most of our relationships in terms of growing in the Lord and in terms of pursuing the Lord, there's a great growth that can come from uh that interaction between believers who are looking to serve the Lord. And even, uh, you know, that interaction is going to be like that friction that sharpens the knife for, for those of us who are walking with the Lord and seeking the Lord. Uh, we are going to get sharpened in our desire to follow the Lord as well. I know that you mentioned, you know, people who may not necessarily be Christians, but who also won't be dragging you down. So I actually want to throw this to Kayla and ask her what she thinks about, uh, you know, the possibility of being in relationship, because I think it's it's definitely a place where a lot of people find themselves being in a relationship with somebody who you know isn't necessarily going to be somebody who's going to be this great spiritual influence and, and bring you forward. But how do we discern what type of relationship is one that we can maintain while still maintaining our spiritual growth and one that is going to drag us down? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um and kind of alluding to what you were talking about earlier, you are the people you surround yourself with. And so um, I just remember when I moved back from Ireland, I moved back to La Habra for the first time in five years. And I was like, I have zero friends here. <laughs> and so I was just like praying and this sounds so pathetic, but it's true. I was praying like, Lord, please bring me friends. <laughs> like I don't have any friends, <laughs> please. And they came from unexpected places. Like they were godly women who the Lord just happened to put in my path. And, you know, um, you know, they were married with children or they're just younger than me or whatever, but they all spoke life into my life. They spoke spiritual truth into my life. And that's the people that I want to spend time with and be around and, you know, grow with. And so I think when you're in high school, you're kind of, forced to be around people that you don't necessarily agree with and you're kind of friends by default because those are the people you spend time with and that are in common classes with you or at work with you or whatever. But, um, I would say like one of my, I have a few close friends that are not believers that aren't walking with the Lord. And 
I'd say the older that I've gotten and the longer I've been in those friendships, whether it's like five, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, it's like those friendships, it's not that they're minimized. It's just that they aren't the person you go to first and foremost. Like it becomes more ministry than anything because you're loving on them and you're showing unconditional love, but I wouldn't go to them for advice. I wouldn't go for them. I wouldn't go to them for comfort. I wouldn't go to them for encouragement because they're not going to give me the truth. They're not going to give me the words of life, which are found in the Bible. And so I think as you get older and you're able to be more selective of your friendships, you pour into and cultivate the ones that are going to grow you spiritually. And the ones that don't, I mean, you, you don't just cut them, cut them off and you're like, <laughs> ah, you're not a believer. I don't want to talk to you ever again. But um, you love on them and it just becomes, your friendship changes. It becomes a different a different priority. Like the Lord isn't the center of it. So what's holding that friendship together? Is it you holding on to it because of the memories you have with that person? Or is it um, a hobby you share or common interest? Or is it movies that you guys like to watch together or pastimes that you like to enjoy? And that's not something you should be pursuing in a life that you know where it ends. <laughs> like, you know where you're spending eternity and you know where they are. So at that point, your end game kind of changes. You're not, you're not so much trying to facilitate a friendship as you're, as you are allowing the Lord to pull them into friendship with him through you, if that makes sense. So I think your perspective changes as you get older and your non-Christian friends don't become the center of your universe. They become peripheral and that's natural and that's okay. Um, but yeah, you still love them and you still spend time with them, but you just have to remember that that's not where you should be going to, to fuel your, your spiritual life. But yeah, it's okay to like do stuff with them still and like maintain friendship. And it's, I think it's important, even as you were saying with iron sharpening iron, like I have a lot of friends that have opposite viewpoints of me. And how am I going to know if what I believe is truth, if I'm never challenged in it, if I'm just complacent in what I think is right and you never actually go any deeper and you just, oh, you, you know, you think this is true because it's always been true for me and you don't, you're never challenged in that, then you can go on believing a lie for a really long time. <laughs> so it's important that you do have friends with opposite views of you so that you can grow and challenge them as well. You know, that's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm just chatty today, but lots of caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, that's good. You had a lot of great points. And I think that what you're saying is definitely something that I would hope, you know, uh, students tuning in or really anyone tuning in would be paying attention to. Um, You know, as we walk through life, there are going to be relationships that we have with people who aren't Christians. Like, that's just a reality. And there's nothing wrong with that, per se. Um, Hopefully, we are interacting with non-Christians and we are forming friendships with people who are not believers um, because like Kayla mentioned that's a great opportunity to show people the love of Christ but at the same time you know we need to be aware that those friendships aren't going to necessarily be um, the type of friendships that are going to be there when we have spiritual crises right those aren't going to be the ones that are going to be able to point us toward the Lord uh, when we are in a difficult situation and ultimately as Christians the Lord is going to be our source of help and our source of comfort so if we don't have friends in our lives who are pointing us towards that uh, then we find ourselves up a creek with no paddle. So <laughs> uh, when we are looking at our friendships, I think it's important that you have those friendships that are founded in Christ and that you not only have those friendships, but hopefully you also have accountability relationships in your life as well. And those are going to be very, very important when you are evaluating 
all of your friendships. Uh, I know I have people in my life who are able to speak into my life and and let me know when I am <laughs> acting a certain way or changing the way I speak or the way I act um, based off of certain people that I might be hanging around. And sometimes we can't always be objective, especially I think in high school, it's really easy uh, to lose that objectivity in terms of looking at our relationships. So having people in your life that are going to keep you accountable, you know, as you get older, hopefully you're forming peer relationships, uh, you know, relationships with people your age who are able to kind of speak into your life that way. But definitely when you're in high school, for a lot of people listening in, you may be in a Christian home with Christian parents who care about your character and who care about your walk with the Lord. And if you are in that situation, then I hope that you're listening to them because a lot of times uh, parents will have some good insight. And I know we joked earlier about that one friend that your mom makes you have because she knows uh, that friend's going to be a good influence on you. Uh, but at the same time, I think there is some truth to that, and especially in a Christian context. Now, of course, unfortunately, not everyone might be in that situation, but maybe there's a youth leader, maybe there's a youth pastor, maybe a family friend who knows the Lord and loves the Lord who might be able to point you in that direction and forming those relationships and having those people who can tell you, hey, you know, I follow you on social media and I see that you're posting pictures with this person and you guys are doing X, Y, or Z. And are you okay with that? Or, you know, I've noticed that you've started speaking this way or doing these things or partaking in this certain activity when you're hanging out with this person. Um, do you really think that's the best thing? And as com- as uncomfortable as that can be, I think those accountability relationships are super important in helping us evaluate uh, what type of friendships we have and, and, what t- and how we're able to interact with people who um, may either be dragging us down or, like Jonathan mentioned, may have a net zero effect on our spiritual walk. So, uh, Matthew, is there anything you wanted to add in regards to this, you know, whole discussion? One more thing to add would be in high school, there's a lot of, uh, well, I went to a public school just like Jonathan. So this is like what I recall from high school, which was like actually not too long ago for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I found myself like keeping relationships or friendships for entertainment aspect. Um, and that also doesn't grow you. And a lot of people, uh, over there were very perverse and they gossip a lot. And it says in, if I can unlock my phone, it's not reading my thumbprint. Okay. In Proverbs 16, it says a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip and a gossiper separates close friends. So, uh, just keep that in mind when you're around friends who, uh, like to entertain themselves with that stuff because you'll see it stir up conflict and separate close friendships. So something to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. One of Chad, uh, for those of you guys who have been listening to the podcast, you know, Chad Bell, one of his favorite words in Spanish is chisme, uh, which is (laughs) gossip, right? That juicy gossip (laughs) that you love to tune into when people are talking about other people and everything that's going on. Uh, But yeah, definitely, Matt. I think that that is a great point. A lot of times we can find ourselves in these relationships with people that we know are not good influences in our lives, but because we find them funny or because we know they've always got the scoop on, you know, what's going on about other people, we we stay in those relationships. But it's important to be able to follow the advice of the scripture and and stay away from that because ultimately that's not going to be what builds us up. 
Well, I just wanted to say thank you to the three of you guys for, uh, you know, finding the time and being able to join in in this discussion. It's awesome to have you guys on. Jonathan, thank you so much for being our resident student today. Super uh, well prepared to answer these questions. So we appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Well, obviously, the goal of these discussions is to just get you guys thinking about these topics. Who are my friends? What kind of friend am I being? How are my friendships affecting the way that I live and even how I follow the Lord? And hopefully this is just the beginning of not only your thought process about that for you guys who are listening in, but also hopefully it's just the beginning of the types of discussions that we'll be having here on the podcast. Maybe we'll explore this topic more in the future. But... Until then, we just wanted to thank you guys for listening in and, of course, as always, encourage you to send in your ideas or your thoughts or questions about what we talked about on today's episode. So if you want to reach out to us, feel free to do that through Instagram at CommittedYouth or through our email CommittedYTH at gmail.com. And, of course, if you are a youth in our youth group you may have one of our numbers you can feel free to reach out to us that way or grab uh one of the people on this podcast if you see them in person so kayla matt if you guys are around ask them about friendship ask them all of your deepest darkest most sincere questions about friendship and they will answer it (laughs) (laughs) but with that being said Again, we want to thank you guys for listening in and say from those of us here on the podcast and from all of us at Committed Youth, God bless and goodbye. Bye, friends. Bye. 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 Bye.